We live in a broken world, full of broken people, hurting each other for selfish gains, and this world is one of our own making. I find it interesting how people will get mad at God for allowing bad things to happen, but won't give God credit when they see good things. Bad things are done by ordinary people, and that responsibility for those things lies completely and rightly on their own shoulders. You can't blame God for not stepping in to stop the people from doing bad things while expecting God not to take away the ability that we all have to make our own decisions. I'd like to welcome you to the Faith of the Centurion podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Stephen Wolverton. Thank you for joining me here, where we focus on how to spiritually grow our faith in such a way that it has real and lasting results. We make our own problems, and oftentimes the problems that we make, scratch that, every time the problems that we make end up causing problems for others around us. And then we look at how messed up life is and shake our fists at God for allowing it. This is just sin compounding on sin. We sin which messes up our lives and the lives of those around us. Then we sin again by blaming God for the ramifications of our own freely chosen sin, when it was, in fact, God's loving kindness that allowed us the ability to sin in the first place. If God had only made simple automatons that always chose right and good and to always and every time follow God and to love God, we would call him a cruel and controlling God. Then we turn around and get angry that he gives us the freedom to be what we want to be and do what we want to do, and when things turn out terrible because of our own choices, we get mad and call him a cruel and controlling God. And in that, not only do we show ourselves to be completely illogical, but also terrible hypocrites. For all the centuries that mankind has lived on this world, for all the learning that we have achieved, for all the knowledge and wisdom that we have gained, for all the enlightenment we claim, we are still a bunch of crying babies who want to be held but not picked up, who want to be fed but won't open our mouths, who want this toy, no, no, that toy, no, no, the other toy. What makes matters worse is this description isn't limited to non-believers. Many Christians have been sold on the lie, bought into the illusion that God is some vending machine or some equation or some magical miracle maker waiting at our beck and call to give and give and give to us simply to make us happy and comfortable and fulfill all of our needs. I don't know how long these kinds of Christians last, but they must be really good at not reading their Bibles and not paying attention to the world around them to maintain this belief for any length of time. So many people, Christian or not, know John 3.16 and can recite it, often perfectly but then tell you that it means something that it doesn't. 
They have no clue who Jesus was talking to or that he was answering a question that wasn't asked. People think John 3.16 is about forgiveness of sins. But nowhere in this conversation does Jesus mention forgiveness. They think this is about forgiveness and how Jesus wants to bless us. And Jesus didn't create a new religion. Instead, he wants a right relationship with us. Why do they believe that John 3.16 is about these things? Because they haven't read their Bibles. Not as people who actually have ears to hear. So many people, Christians included, don't want to hear the truth. They only want to hear what makes them happy, vindicated, powerful, self-righteous, puffed up. They only want to hear what God does or did or will do for them. Just like that baby, we often only look at God as the giver, the provider, the protector, etc. I'm not saying God isn't all of these. In fact, he is. But when we see Jesus serving others, it was meant to be an example, an empowerment, an avenue, a gift through which God expects us to empower and bless and give help and care for others. Jesus wants us to serve others as he served us in order that we will be seen as an example of the amazing love that God has for them. Christianity is much less about what we get than what we give. And it is less about what we give than who we are. So when Jesus answers Nicodemus' unspoken question about how to see the kingdom of God, he says this, you have to be born again. First off, the question isn't how can I be blessed and provided for and get out of debt and receive a good home and a good job and be cured of all of my illnesses and given everything my heart desires. No. The question is, how do I come to know and be a part of something greater than myself? And the answer isn't Say this prayer, believe this thing, speak in tongues, do these works. The answer isn't about what you get, and it isn't even about what you give. It's about who you are. The answer to how to be a part of an eternal kingdom that is created by God and full of glory for all time and beyond time is to stop being who you are and start being a person who knows and lives in the truth. Whoever lives by the truth comes into the light, Jesus says. That sounds a lot like what Jesus had just told Nicodemus a few minutes before. No one can come to the kingdom of God unless they are born again. We live in a broken world, full of broken people, hurting themselves and others for selfish gains. Blaming God cannot fix this. That's both irrational and hypocritical. The fix is also not to change others. That's arrogant and impossible. The fix is not to change ourselves. 
That has been proven to fail over and over ad nauseum throughout human history. The fix is to stop being the person that we created and start being the person that God created. Or, said another way, to be born again. To see the truth, acknowledge the truth, recognize that we have been living in darkness and be born into the light.